Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? What it do, what it do. Clint Russell in the building. Thank you once again for tuning in to Liberty Lockdown. I uh, appreciate you guys as always. Um, really, really cool. We were doing over 15,000 uh, listeners, viewers combined on every episode now, even my solo ones. Uh, amazing to me. <laughs> uh, so I really appreciate you guys uh, who listen and have been listening for a long time. It means the world to me. And for those that are actually loving the show so much that you're sharing it around with friends and family, um, obviously that helps grow the show because I am not favored amongst the uh, the big tech overlords. So it really means a lot that you guys are, are letting people know because it's spreading uh, pretty pretty exponentially over the past couple of years. So thank you guys. Um, Tonight, I wanted to get into a, uh, a sit-down interview that Vivek Ramaswamy had with The Breakfast Club. And for those that don't know, it's a very uh, racially charged show. And uh, I was actually just told by a, a fan of the show that I should I should watch it and, and kind of give a, a live critique. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, I did cue it up to the part that he told me to. I watched the first 30 seconds and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be good. Um, for those that, uh, just to kind of give a precursor, basically the way it starts off, this woman starts to, to skewer him with questions. Vivek has just got done explaining his position on a, a citizen test to be able to vote or a, you know, kind of a civil test. That same, same thing that immigrants take to be able to uh, become citizens. And he wants to have it so that you don't get to vote until you're 25 unless you uh, pass that test at 18, 19, 20. And if you can't pass the test, then you have to go into civil service, um, be a first responder, enlist in the military, something like that. I don't agree with it. Let me just start by saying that. Um, but she fires back and says, I want to ask you some questions, give you a test. So let's see. Let's see how this one goes. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be a messy and maybe entertaining. We'll see. We wake that up. Actually, the voting age only became 18 in 1971 in the context of the I, Vietnam draft. So I just so, think reviving those asking, ideas is going to be good for us. A lot. So what, let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's prove your point. Nick, our camera guy, do you know the three branches of the Nick federal government? Nick is over 24, so it don't but, matter. But, but, but I'm just saying, but nobody knows they're 24. Red, do you know the three branches? Executive. Well, that, well, I got a test. I got a test. I would, I would like to. Oh, we can't pass this test. None of us know shit. <laughs> That's your defense of it? <laughs> You can't figure out the three branches of government. That's too much to ask. Oh, good God. But you want to you wanna have a say in uh, the trajectory of our, our country and our government. I mean, come on, man. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not even saying that I agree with Vivek, but like, that is not a high bar. Good Lord. To see if you're willing to pass, um, because I believe in, just as you believe in civic engagement, I, I believe in changing the ideas of what political opponents so look like, what should what they should look like, our political candidates. Uh, are you willing to take? I believe in changing what our political opponents or candidates look like. Well, that that's when I paused it because I was like, this is going to be an identitarian nightmare, but let's enjoy. Take a test with me quickly because I just have a couple of questions for you. I will. Um, so, absolutely. So just, and the way this is opening up, I have a feeling I'm about to fail it, but that's good. Let's, uh, let's do it. That's, that's right. Yeah. Um, so uh, just for clarity, I am an independent. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. Cool. I think that's important for the premise of the argument because I know you did a lot of debating at, at Harvard. Uh, it's also, I also want to make it clear these are the same questions that I asked a liberal Democrat, Mary 
Marianne Williamson. So I want to make sure that we put that out there as well, just Fair. to kind of set the foundation. I'm for open the to being humbled. Let's do this. Okay, great. Let's go. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you know, the pride of being an American and how important it is uh, to have pride in this country. I'm also a veteran, uh, by the way, uh, for the United States Air Force. So when is it that you voted for the first time? I voted in 2020. Okay, so you're how old again? I'm 37 years old. So for how many years you sat around and did not get involved at all in any civic engagement? Is that my understanding? A, a long time is the answer. And actually, I wrote. Oh. I mean, that's what I wrote this book about. I am, I'm not holding myself out as some sort of model. I'm actually offering myself as a self-reflection of my journey as a okay. citizen to whom this country has yeah. given much, right? As an adult, when you have kids, it changes your perspectives. I'm very honest about that. Absolutely. Okay, no problem. So let's go deeper into the self-reflection. Vic is clever, man. <laughs> he is clever. <laughs> he always he always is able to spin it into a positive for himself. Uh, Got to respect it. He's a hustler, man. So you've sat around for, and, and sir, I'm being as respectful as I possibly can. Please don't take anything uh, and a hard way. I just, and you don't yeah. even have to be. So take it yeah. off and let's well, go. So you've been sitting around in the country that my ancestors built for. Oh, here we go. Here we fucking go, man. About 20 years. Uh, your parents came over as immigrants, brought you over. You made millions, uh, according to your uh, resume, off of this country. And you have absolutely not been involved in civics. One, not voting. And two, let me just ask, because I know you mentioned earlier, you don't want to sit around at the debate and talk about accomplishments. Let's make the accomplishments pretty simple. In high school, were you ever a class president or take any leadership role? Because your opponent did, Chris Christie. He was the class president. So yeah, have you ever taken? Wow, is she she's really gonna pick up Chris Christie? Be like, Chris Christie's got a better resume than you, Vivek, half billionaire, thirty-seven year old. <laughs> I mean, what, what's concerning to me is that this—I mean, the very premise that it would be uh, more impressive if he was the class clown of his high school than to have been an entrepreneur that made a half a billion dollars, or that—that's a negative ultimately, or that to have become wealthy as a first generation immigrant in this country is somehow uh puts him as a second class citizen that shouldn't have a say in the trajectory of this country come on man that's that's crazy to me taking I mean, I, any I, leadership at all on anything have, or just can, can i just correct a couple factual things uh, sure. that are uh -huh. kind of important my parents didn't bring me over to the country I was okay, born in this country, and I'm proud no, of that. that no, that's, I know you were born here in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ohio. You know, you mentioned my I'm parents. I'm saying your parents me. were immigrants. You said, my I, apologies. I, you know, and it's all right. You said your parents brought you over to this country. I yeah, thought my I would apologies. set that record straight. I mean, they were immigrants, but let's they not go immigrants. down the water. Oh, no, 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 we're not going to water. I just want to correct a couple facts, and then the other thing yeah, is you were born here in Ohio. I was correct? born. In, I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's right. Right. So yeah. you've been here your entire life. So the question that's is. Right. Did you take any leadership role in middle school, high school, class president? I did. Uh, I yeah. know you played yeah. tennis. What? What is it? I mean, even if he didn't, <laughs> he became the CEO of a pharma company and made a half a billion dollars. He's also an author. He's also the uh, second leading presidential candidate on the GOP side at 37 years old. I mean... Oh, goodness gracious. Explain it to Student us. council. But, you know, I, I think... That <laughs> exactly. I know exactly where Vic's going to go. That's not really relevant. Yeah, student council. Who gives a shit? This is the... Yes, I have I've held leadership roles over my life, but those don't qualify me to do what I'm doing now. Yeah, it kind of does. Okay, well, well, it kind of does. Well, let me... Well, I'm giving the test. No, the fuck, it doesn't. <laughs> Being the president of your high school, uh, you know, council or whatever they call it, does not equip you 
to be the most powerful man in the world, allegedly, that has his hand on the nuclear button. This is lunacy. Yes, I'm the test okay, administrator. All right, there you go. So it kind of does, because when you go from saying, I want to go to the highest office. And I'll tell you, like, I've led companies as well, is the other leader. Right, the well, main leadership right, but, role I've played is, is and, and I want to I want to talk about one early part of your premise that I also want to say, mm -hmm. bring it to the country point. The other point, you, you use the word sitting around. You know, I, I'm not somebody who's saying, I've, I, I want the next generation, my kids' generation, to have more civic duties when they graduate from high school and college than I did when I did. That being said, I wasn't sitting around. I've developed medicines, five of which are FDA-approved products today. <laughs> He's going to run down his whole resume, but I mean, that is crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> I love his face. He's, he's fired up right now, and he should be. One of which is a life-saving therapy in kids, 20 of whom die by the age of three if they're not treated, 70% of whom now live lives of a normal duration. Another one for prostate cancer. So I, right. I don't apologize well, for making me, contributions. But right. Well, I don't want you to filibuster yeah. that no um, because Just that's not, not the question yeah. that I ask. And I don't consider as a veteran, I'm talking about service. I'm not talking about what you Civic did for service. profit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Saving lives. No service there. <laughs> I mean, this really just boils down to the people that worship the state. Do you see it? Can you see it? I hope you can see it. If you worship the state, then there is only service to your fellow man if you collect a government paycheck, which I just can't, I cannot disagree with that premise more. I mean, if you're, if you're creating medicines that save people's lives, is that not uh, worthy of higher acclaim than a soldier that was put into some undeclared unconstitutional war in the Middle East? And I'm not even trying to denigrate the soldiers. I'm just saying like, you go over there and you take lives, Vivek's over here saving lives, and you're going to say, you didn't do anything, you sat around. I mean, come on. I'm not talking about what you what you paid people to do with yeah. your company. So I'm not, not talking served, about I've not served the country. Because that means nothing to me. You do, you do what I'm talking about. She hasn't has been able to ask a question. She's been trying to ask a question, yeah. and she, you've been talking over it. I'm all we, ears. We, we gave you the platform to let you say yeah, it. I'm all ears. I'm all ears. No, no, I was just correcting a couple facts. Everything she said has been fucked up. He has every right to counter and correct what she's saying. Every right. And he would be a fool to let her filibuster just completely misconstruing his record. Referring to him as if he's some... I'm sorry, I, I'm coming across as if I'm some sort of Vivek sycophant, but I'm just being honest. If I was on this show and they were doing the same thing. Oh, so you sat around and your parents brought you here. No, no, no. I was born here, actually. And I didn't sit around. I actually started a company. I've written books. I've, you know, da 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 da. da. I've saved lives with the medicines that I've gotten FDA approved. I've I've gone on a multi-year uh, campaign to to rally against DEI, which I'm sure is the real reason you hate me. That's what I would say if I was him. But you know, I'm trying to ask a question. You've been cutting her off. Good. I'm all ears. Right. So your question. So my question again is: You're trying to your your goal is to raise the standard, and you're saying you want people to believe in country, and you want people to have civic engagement. And sir, I just find it very telling that you haven't had any civic engagement at all. And haven't been in all. And when I say sit around, I don't mean you haven't done anything. I'm talking about in regards to service. Because one thing about political office, the same way that you want to change how people look at uh, politics and look at this country, I want to change how people look at politicians. And when I see that someone hasn't did anything at all to be of service to mankind, to take a leadership role, it's not good enough to just be on city, city uh, student council. Were you a leader? All of that applies. Have you been? This is such bullshit. He was the CEO of a biopharma company. 
He made a half a billion dollars. He got multiple medicines approved. Saved how, who knows how many lives. No service. There's no service in that to your fellow man, right? Do you understand how delusional this take is? Goodness. Able to get anybody in the room at any time from the high school gymnasium to Ohio, uh, Republican leadership there to now. Have you been able to get anybody in a room to believe in this vision? I don't agree with a lot of your vision state. He's fucking polling at like 20%. You think he hasn't got anybody to agree with his vision? What are you talking about? But I do know you've been going around having these discussions and getting everybody emotionally worked up to talk about vision and debate, but I want to get to the practical. You're trying to go- That means over 10 million people are prepared to cast a vote for him to preside over their nation. Has he, has he, has he been a good enough leader to convince anyone to follow him? Yes. 10 million plus of them. <laughs> I hate having to defend him like this, but it's so ridiculous. Go from preschool to, to president of the United States. You're skipping over city council, county council, mayor, governor. You want to go straight to the top. So my question, is this a PR? Is this for the PR, the perception of reality? Or have you, can you point to any leadership where you've been able to get people to believe in what you're talking about that they're not paid to do? on any of these vision statements that you have. If not, then to me, it's just, it's a mute point because you're, you're telling, you're holding a standard that you haven't met yourself. If you're only gonna count government service, you're absolutely No, not government right. service. Okay. Student council in the eighth grade, ninth grade, ten, were you yeah. a leader? Did you did you do anything to rally anybody? Did you fight for better lunch? I did in the sixth grade with Miss Harris. <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about government. I can go all the way back from the fifth grade every every year, sir, because people who are in service to this country, mm -hmm. if you're gonna go around saying you want people to believe in this country that I signed up to mm -hmm. die for, then I wanna make sure that you're holding that same standard. So not government, not political. Let's not get it confused. Yeah. I'm saying, have you did anything of service that we can point to to say he is a good leader like Chris and I'm not even a fan of Chris Christie yeah. but he was the student council president in high school so have you done anything of service besides yourself that has not benefited yourself it's just a simple question so just I, the acts of service that I have performed are small so small that I don't even want to talk about them to boast but yes have I volunteered for this country yes I have I've always so been like, interested well, in healthcare. Let's talk about it. It's okay to Bethesda talk about the small North, things. I mean, it, these are small things, right? But thank you. For, oh, well, just, yeah. let's just so, mention so, 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 Bethesda really North Hospital. So it's really a no? No, it's not a no. It's just something I don't like boasting about. I, I well, we're not boasting. We're, yeah, it's I'm an interview. So you're boasting go. on your vision Directly. and everything Look, else. I think you boasted things... on the millions of dollars that you made. So let's just throw it out. So in sixth grade, I'll give you an example. I'll help you out. In sixth grade, Miss Harris was slapped. Let me give you an example because maybe you're confused. In the sixth grade, Miss Harris was snatching papers from everybody in the classroom. So me as a 10-year-old, I went to the principal and I'm tired of Miss Harris snatching papers, and I organized the students around getting Miss Harris to stop snatching papers. Now there was a consequence for that. I got uh, suspended for five days for talking Jesus back, Christ, and I got in trouble. I got matters. a spanking, and I was none on punishment matters. for months and months. But that is a simple way of organizing people. So I want you to kind of boast about it the way you did the millions of dollars and said what you did with the drug, uh, the pharmaceutical companies. What leadership can you point to that you've been able to rally anybody around anything that is of service that you did not pay anybody to do? I think that's important for the next president of the United States. Sure. So I've always been drawn to healthcare. That's why I ended up founding companies in that space. When I was in high school, part of what drew me into it was that I was a volunteer at a local hospital. I actually mm -hmm. became the leader of that group of volunteers that actually discharged women who had recently given birth. That was it. Nothing big to it. To stand, did you do anything we can point to to stand but, out? But, I want, but I want to say something. About he, he then went into entrepreneurialism. Like...
All right. I got to I got to go full screen on this so I can rant. All right. I don't know if you guys have been seeing these these uh rants. It's in Spanish, so I'm not going to play it for you, but go ahead and check it out. Just search for Javier Malay. M E or M I L E I, I believe. Um he appears to be set to quite possibly become the first anarcho-capitalist president of any nation in the world, as far as I know. And that would be Argentina. And he goes on this incredible rant where he, he basically says, he says, socialists are shit. And, and the lady goes, why are they shit? Because they're shit. <laughs> and I just want to really emphasize, like, that's what he's rallying against. And let me explain. Because it probably doesn't make sense if you don't have my worldview. Um, but when you when you have a, a faith when you are a socialist, unfortunately, the vast majority of socialists are not, you know, anarcho communists. They are in fact like they worship the state. They they want to do away with property rights, they want to do away with um, you know, any sort of individual rights and and substitute that with the collective. And that's what she's talking about. She may not be saying it in that way, but it's quite clear to me that is her worldview. She views the only positive good you can do for society to be one that comes via and through government employment. She says service, but it's employment because guess what? No one works for the government for free either, lady. They all cash a check. They all do. You can say, oh, well, we don't get paid as much as Vivek got. Yeah, well, you don't fucking produce as much as Vivek did either. Reality check for you, lady. You signed up to go fight unconstitutional, immoral, unnecessary, illegal wars. Thanks. No hatred to you for that. Unless you thought it was a good thing to be doing, in which case, yeah, there's a little bit of hatred there. Um, it's not your fault you were there necessarily, but don't don't run around acting like you're superior because you went and blew up people. That's fucking nonsense. And don't diminish the fact that someone produced medicine which saved lives and go, well, did you ever lead anyone that you weren't paying? Oh, I'm sorry. If you're, if your commander, your general in the military tells you to do something and you do it, were they a good leader? Cause you were getting paid to listen to them. In fact, not only were you getting paid, you'd go to prison if you didn't do as they said, going AWOL, etc. That's crimes. You no longer have control over your own body. That's service, right? That's service. This is the socialist worldview about the collective there is no capacity for individual good at all that's her worldview because if you do it in the free market if you do it voluntarily without force then there's no sacrifice there right the entrepreneur doesn't sacrifice when he wakes up at 5 a.m every day for 20 years grinding his fingers to the bone working paycheck to paycheck even though he ain't cashing a paycheck has to cover his own health care gets none of that gets no paid vacation gets no time off Gets no maternity leave, paternity leave, whatever the fuck that is. Some new made up shit that never existed before. Yeah, the entrepreneurial life. No service to civilization with that avenue at all, right? 
even though all of the best things that have happened in the past 100 plus years and in reality all of human history has come from entrepreneurialism not from the government not from service as you as you frame it as you would like us to believe it's nonsense it's a fiction the iphone that that she certainly owns an entrepreneur not service the the internet that uh, or the uh, the zoom call that she's doing entrepreneur right her whole job the microphone created by an entrepreneur no service no service to humanity <sighs> you get my point <laughs> i'm sorry but that is just so crazy to me all right let's keep it going sorry i'll try not to rant that hard again about that because i say that in the book if i'm being really honest why did i do that in high school a part of the motivation i'll be just brutally honest with you was part of the motivation was that's actually what allows you to get into a good college when you graduate so it was about you so, so there was, was about sales. so there's a, that and i'm admitting that in a way that very few other people do but i got to be honest about it that was a big part of why i did it yeah, it I was about self, and I'm going to be honest, and, and I'm going to give it back to the guys. If, if I'm going to be honest about it with you. Yep. Leadership is not about self. I agree and with so you on I, that. I what I just heard, that. what I just heard, is that everything is about you. And to be honest with you, this is just a PR campaign, sir. To be honest with you, and I think your move, you're trying to go further to the right because you want the Republicans to accept you as a as a man of color. And I think the <laughs> only way you think you can do that is to be so extreme. I, I appreciate uh, your with opinion your, with your positions, and I think you need to do a little bit more work in, in service. I'll give hey, it back oh, to let you. Me, guys. Let me let me the test because she did ask me a question. Question uh -huh. and oh, he failed the test. By the way, do you think he could have ever passed that test? She went in there thinking, "Oh, this dude never enlisted. He never. He was never a mayor. He was never a congressman, a senator. He was never, you know, one of those corrupt, criminal lifetime politicians. So he has no chance of get getting her vote. What a fucking stupid way to view things. What a dumb ass worldview." And then uh, and then you guys said you wanted to hear a response, but I think I heard an expression of opinion. So just oh, I want yeah. to make sure you're all done sure. before I respond to it. No, just that? wanted to say that even then I would still want you to point out even at the yeah. hospital something that you did that that made you stand out on when actually taking a leadership role. But you you already answered it. You said yeah. you did it because it was a motivation to get in college. Exactly, which and, means and it was I'm about being very you. honest about that. But, I, so but everything's I, about so everything has been about you. So as me, a veteran, let me, yeah, he's a he's a 37 year old half billionaire. Okay. And now he's turning around. Now, now I'm going to steal man Vivek's case. I don't know this to be the case, but according to him, at 35 years old, he had his company turn against him over DEI type of initiatives towards Black Lives Matter specifically. And that's what that's what activated him to decide to get involved politically because he didn't like the trajectory of things. That's his that's his explanation. I've read his book. And I found it compelling and this was years before he was running for politics. So I, I have to believe it's probably true. And I think I relate to it because I'm, you know, I, I basically took the same trajectory at 37 years old. I had spent the vast majority of, of my life focused on self and wealth, wealth production building. And then I decided in 2020, when the entire world lost its fucking mind that I had to get involved, that I had to do something to help. 
whatever little way I could, I was going to try. Because I had, I had accumulated enough wealth that I, I had the flexibility at that point to do so. It's actually a really responsible way to, to view things, really. You can view it as selfish to say, I want to get uh, enough of a footing under myself. Get my feet planted so that I can actually help my fellow man. Or you can, you can frame it as, oh, well, you should have been volunteer, you know, volunteering and poor forever. What, like, does that benefit humanity for, for me to be um, starving so that I, I, I have to work a nine to five job to even possibly feed myself? And then maybe I have a, a spare hour a day so that I can actually focus on politics and the news so that I can bring you guys this show? Or, or has it benefited my audience because I spent 15 years of my life grinding the fuck away? and saving and investing as aggressively as possible so that now I can pour all of myself into this show. Is that not a better, is that a better product at the end of the day? Does it diminish the fact that I'm, that I'm sincere in my desire to help? I don't think it does. I don't think it does at all. And it's a stupid fucking worldview. Let me As tell you something. I appreciate it's very this. hard for me to follow leaders that, that make everything about them. So you might want to work on that because it's a lot of veterans and Republicans. So you might want to work on that on that talking point and maybe do some volunteering while you're on the campaign trail. I'm going to give it back to um, Charlemagne and Envy. Yeah, I, 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 once I want to be respectful. Want to make sure you got everything you wanted to on the table before yeah. I before but, I, I respond. Plenty. to that. I, if, if this was just go us, ahead, we, okay. it'd be a lot. Well, more you on guys the tell table. me. I'm I'm go the go guest go on go your go show. Go you go tell me when when I'm good to speak. Go ahead. You sure? You sure about that? Good. Yeah, we sure. So I think there's a different worldview that we have. And I think the worldview is how one actually makes contributions in a country. Bingo. I do not believe that there's a separate category of just if you're serving the country and then if you're acting in self-interest, that that's somehow sinful or wrong. I reject that vision to the con Fuck yeah, Vivek. I didn't think he was going to go here. I didn't think he was going to take the Randian approach. And, and for those out there that don't like Ayn Rand, sorry. That's what he's doing right here. There is a virtue in selfishness. There is ultimately a benefit to your fellow man by if you look out for yourself, but you do so in a way that's honorable. That means that you produce a product that someone else desires more than the money that they have in their hand. You benefit and they do. It's actually the fundamental principle of free market capitalism. And it's not a bad thing. It's voluntary and it's beautiful. And the fact that it has been demonized in such a fashion is terrible. Contrary. I think capitalism is the best system known to man. Oh, he's going exactly where I'm going. Fuck yeah, Vivek. Let's go. To lift people up from poverty. I deeply respect and I thank you for your service to this country. I'm grateful for it. I haven't served the country in the way that you have. But I think that the way you get ahead in capitalism, how did I develop a multi-billion dollar biotech company? It was by developing medicines that save people's lives. A lot of people say capitalism causes poverty. Yeah, I did. Oh, well, you're a fucking idiot, you multi-millionaire radio guy. Charlemagne the God, who makes millions of dollars via capitalism. You're an idiot. Sorry. I disagree with that. Okay. I disagree with that. I think that capitalism demands that you provide something to someone that helps them more than you're actually charging them for it. 
exactly. Capitalism creates poverty. No, Charlemagne, we're born poor. All of us are poor. The, the, the baseline condition of humanity is starvation. We have to produce wealth to acquire anything. Or not wealth. We have to produce VR labor to get food. You can do it that way or you can do it the capital way. We exchange goods, accumulate capital. Sorry, I'm getting way more fired up than I expected. That's the only way. <laughs> That's the a tried business and true model, sir. That's it not is a service. business model. It's not, I'm not That's saying not it's not service. I'm, you're an idiot. Yes, it is. Then it's but having see, an impact on society. An elected official is service. That's the disconnect. That's right. So, that now, that so now, now there's no disconnect. You don't get it. Moving on to now, I'm moving on to there are phases of our lives where we do different things. Well, you're been, moving straight all the way up to president of the United States. You know, I don't Let's view it as a hierarchy. First. I don't view it as a hierarchy. I don't believe in hierarchies. The hierarchy well, that, is the well, way the bureaucracy the works. I don't believe in So we have a difference in opinion. You also don't. You don't believe in hierarchies. That was a misstep. <laughs> what do you mean with that? I don't believe in service, and that's where we're having a disconnect. I, well, I disagree with you on that. You know, I just I, disagree with you on that. I do, I do think it's I think it's whack that you're proposing to revoke voting rights uh, for 18 to 24-year-olds unless they meet certain qualifications, but you never exercised your rights. Well, sh so, so sh most young people don't, is the whole point. Well, so, Charlamagne, sure. let me ask you a question. Do you think the most... Voter, the largest voter turnouts have been over the last couple of elections, last few elections. They still voted a real, very low rate, but let me ask you a question. What do you think about high school students being required to pass the civics test? What's your perspective on that? The one that you proposed? The one that every immigrant has to pass in order to enter the country. If every high school student has to pass that before they graduate, what's your take on that? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Okay, good. Now let me tell you something about the law as it exists today. Wait, so they have to take it to pass high school and he's good with it? So, like, he he values voting less than someone being able to graduate high school? What the fuck? Anyone understand? Like, is this not just evident how stupid that is? You think it's not more important? The, I mean, I wish it weren't the case. Certainly, I wish it weren't the case. But at this point... It's way more important if you're intelligent enough to fucking pass the most rudimentary test imaginable to cast a vote on who gets to dictate where five trillion dollars goes. Yeah, I think that's more important than being able to pass this test to get your GED. Men in this country, not women, but men are required by law to register with the selective service age 18 to 25. That's the, the draft. We don't have a draft, but men have to register. If you don't, they put mm -hmm. you in prison. At least they can. It's a criminal offense if you don't. My view is I would decriminalize that. I don't like the government telling you what you can and cannot do. That's not the American way. But if you want to enjoy the civic privilege of voting, then I think it is perfectly legitimate to say you have to at least know something about the country. Oh, they ain't going to like that. You call voting a privilege? Here comes the right argument. I know it's coming. Or have served that country, one or the other. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that what's, what do we actually care about, right? What do we, I mean, you, we can do the personal well, attack thing. The, we care about the country. We care about the country. Voting is the cornerstone of democracy, though. Voting is the cornerstone of democracy, though. I knew it. I mean, he's not calling it a right, but you knew, you knew it was coming. The cornerstone of democracy. I have well, sir, yeah, excuse it, me. That's right. I, and, and, and you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing that's different. Sir, is, yep. sir, excuse me, because this is important. <laughs> we have to pause it. This is not a personal attack. That's okay. This, yes, is, this, is. Is, this is you, and I, know, and I know that as a Republican, you are certainly not soft. So this is not a personal attack. Yeah, this I'm is okay asking about too. This is about asking about your background and how it correlates, how it's relevant to saying you're going to serve this country because 
president is actually so i have been an open book the in the last three no, years yeah, i know Absolutely. and i'm going page by page and i'm saying not that attack. i have not I, i'm gonna let you finish yep. but i want to be clear it's not an attack okay because you've been an open book but that doesn't totally. mean i have to like what's on the page that's fair but enough. it's not an attack i'm just reading the book yep. and so when when i hear somebody say you need to get to uh, either pass this test or do some type of service to the country and i spend hours looking you were in the um uh five beta kappa uh, did you have a leadership role in college, the honor roll? When somebody sets service as the standard and they've done no service except to themselves, that's a fair question. It's a question. And you just so I've been on the, I mean, look, it's I was on high school. I was on high school student council. Yes, absolutely. Were you a leader? Did you were you a leader? I was a vice president of my high school student council. Absolutely. Okay. I was the president okay, of the great. National Honor Society. I can I can go down the list. It's it, it's none of it's relevant. It doesn't matter. What are we talking about? That's that's more important than him being a CEO of a company that <laughs> that was a billion dollar business. That's more important. Uh, now I might consider voting for you, Vivek. You were the vice president of your student council. All is well with the world again. It's just that I, that's what not, I was asking you to do. Absolutely. Go down the list, but so I was I was a president of the National Honor Society. I was the vice president of my student council. I was a lead amongst the volunteers at the hospital <laughs> where I served growing up. I was actually a lead. I actually like the fact that Vivek admitted he only volunteered at that high at that high school because he wanted to get into Harvard. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say that explicitly, explicitly, but that's basically what he was saying. Uh, that's the truth, man. And in order to get to the, the highest level colleges, that's what that's what all these kids do. I don't think people understand. In order to become what Vivek has become, you have to be a hard charging grinder from jump. And he was. And he did it very successfully. As successfully as one in a million people in this country have ever done. He is a one in a million. That's that's how rare it is to have this level of wealth a wife, kids at this age, this capacity to speak so, so eloquently at this age, it is super rare, super rare. Oh, and on top of that, he also created a bunch of medicines that saved a bunch of lives. <laughs> I mean, maybe he didn't create it, but he, he certainly is the CEO. He was responsible for green lighting projects or at, least at the very minimum, putting the funding together for that research to even be possible in the first place, which by the way, she would classify as not service. And Charlemagne would say, well, actually that's a, a product of creating poverty because it's capitalism. Coming from a multimillionaire via capitalism. I really don't like socialists. I don't know if you can't tell. I don't like socialists. And unfortunately in America, the modern variant of socialism is one of cultural Marxism, replacing class struggle with race struggle. That's what it is. That's what it's been for quite some time now. And it sucks and it's super dangerous. I oppose old Marxism, which was class struggle, because that's ultimately wrong too. And immoral is all hell. But at least with class struggle, it's usually a small percentage of the people that have a significant amount of wealth that might ultimately be uh, imperiled by that worldview. With race struggle, you get civil wars, you get genocides, you get just the worst possible outcomes imaginable. And that's, that's where we're at now, but we have a hybrid of both. 
because we have class struggle and race struggle simultaneously implanted in these people's minds. It is a cancer. It is, it is a diseased worldview. It will destroy us as Javier Malay passionately expounds upon every time he gets in front of a fucking camera. Leader in volunteer research over the summers from my senior but year. All of that, but you already admitted all of that was to get into college. Not but all of it, but I, but, but I am admitting it. Yeah, who fucking cares? And you and you went to the military. Did you did you reject your paychecks? Did you reject your paychecks? Did you turn down the the college scholarship scholarship when you were uh, when you were out, or did you use it, the GI Bill or whatever they call it? I bet you did. I think that I know that's self-service though. I just do a you understand that, the difference between self-service and service. I think and I think the reality is, and I think we just all have to be more honest. When we many do. high school students are serving today, not all of them, but I think let's smoke it out. I don't like that structure where we actually know and I don't service like the with self-interest. And so, I don't like the structure of somebody saying somebody need to give service as a veteran. I don't like the structure of somebody going fair, to the highest office of the land and have not served anybody at any time unless it was self-serving. So this is where we just have two different ideologies. And, and I know your your goal is to come here and get into Here's yeah, my I perspective. Know. That's why let we me, got different perspectives. Two guys, you got to leave in five minutes. I know. Oh, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll let them wrap up. Yeah. Let me just say one thing: is you don't. Here's my vision of the run for presidency, and this is why I say I'm an open book. Is my job is to make sure people in this country know who I am and what I stand for, and I think that no, very few politicians on either party actually get that job done. So what I say is, I'm an open book about who I am and what I stand for. Whether the people of this country want to vote for me. That's their question, not mine. That's their job to determine, not mine. And you're free not to vote for me. I expect you won't. And that's okay. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Vake. This is real shit right here. I was very concerned because when he came on my show, just to give a little behind the scenes, he asked me briefly uh, in the, in the pre-show before we went live, he said, you know, what's the name of your show? What, you, what are you about? And I just gave him a brief rundown. And then he proceeded to tell me that he he was in fact a libertarian when he was at Harvard, and I was of I was afraid that he was going to be a shapeshifter. I don't mean in the Alex Jones conspiracy realm, but shapeshifting and metaphorically, in that you know he would he would reframe his positions to appeal to whatever um, interviewer was in front of him, and because re reacting to the audience that he knew he would be speaking to. What he's demonstrating, I'm just being honest with you guys. You're, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be mad at me and say, oh, you're, you're trying to boost Vivek. I'm not. I'm just being real. He could have done that here. Vivek could have reframed a bunch of his positions to try and appeal to what would have been, uh, I mean, just more appealing to these folks. And he, did it, he didn't do it. He didn't do it at all. That's awesome. That's what I want to see in a leader, even though she thinks that he's never been, a, been one. But I'm doing my job in this, in the three books I've written over the last year, in the conversation I'm having with you guys, being far more honest than any politician that I know in the last 10 years in this country. And I think when I say we want to fix corruption, you don't know what the first step is. The first step is actually people being honest. So you guys know me. You know what I stand for. I haven't you, hit back on that. Do you the people in this country? country want to vote for it, that's their choice. Do you want to unite the country? I do want to unite the country. So why is like one of your marquee campaign proposals making sure black people can no longer benefit from affirmative action? See, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. It's... <laughs> I love, I love, I love, 
I love that a black dude has an Indian dude about affirmative action. <laughs> As if affirmative action is only for black people, mind you. Ah, fascinating. Fascinating worldview. Charlemagne, multimillionaire capitalist. It's actually been a disastrous experiment over the last 60 years. I've seen the impact that it's had. Unlike a lot of other executives, I've had senior executives in my company who happen to be black, senior executives in my campaign who happen mm -hmm. to be black. I actually went to a majority or close to majority black school, first through eighth grade. There isn't a single one of those black kids or black colleagues that could not have achieved everything I have in my life. I firmly believe that to be true. And I have seen the unfair discrimination behind closed doors, the things that people will say behind closed doors, about somebody who would have had that position anyway, but was unfairly tarred with the taint of saying they got it because of a race-based quota system. I think that's unjust to everyone across the board. And I think the right way to do this is actually ensure equality of opportunity, educational access at an early age, which, by the way, we don't have in this country starting at an actual young age. How about doing that in a way that's agnostic to race? That way we prevent seeing one another on the basis of a color of our skin, but we actually solve the real inequalities that we have when it starts with inequality of opportunity, starting with education. So my view is, I think my approach is actually gonna be more successful in lifting up more black Americans than have been the Lyndon Johnson approach of actually using race-based quota systems. So the Supreme Court does... Vivek's given the right answer, but I'll tell you this much. He ain't given the answer they want, and I respect the hell out of that. He's saying, I am not in favor of affirmative action. I'm not. That's balls. That's balls. Rule on uh, affirmative action, and they do ban it. Who do you feel it benefits versus who it hurts? I he just told you, dummy. <laughs> he just said that it's been a disaster. Oh, man. I think that... It helps everyone if they end race-based affirmative action in college admissions. I think it will literally help everyone in different ways because it restores merit in the United States. Are we perfect in ensuring equality of opportunity? No, we're not. The fact that kids are trapped by the zip code in which they're born determining where they go to school is a problem, which is why I favor universal school choice in this country, which has actually done more to help black Americans than has any affirmative action program. What's it right, that was way more frustrating than I expected. And I watched way more of it than I expected, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I think I've said everything I have to say about it other than, uh, Vivek, other than, I mean, I, I've, I've said many times my disagreements. I don't actually agree with his, his, uh, civil service requirement to vote. Um, I'm actually way more extreme when it comes to limiting limiting voting rights i think that uh there's a, a real argument to be made that uh, property owners should be the only ones that are allowed to vote because they're the only ones with a, a real stake in this country um unfortunately that doesn't really work right now because there's such a crony capitalist model that has made it exceedingly challenging for anyone to own property so that has to be remedied first because otherwise you end up in a true you know olig oligarchical uh, system and I don't want that either so obviously I'd like to just abolish the state but you know <laughs> baby steps right I think that we would be better off if if property owners were allowed to vote but I think you'd have to probably abolish the Federal Reserve before you could go there because you have to uh, stop manipulating interest rates and stop uh, having infinite printing and inflation which makes it exceedingly if not impossible for young people to purchase property
Burgess Holmes. Make sense? Okay. Go ahead and in the comments, if you think I'm wrong, go ahead and fucking argue with me. Bring it on. Bring it on. You think I don't, you think I can't defend these positions? You think I can't? Uh, well, you're here. Hit the like button, by the way. All right. We got some more stupid stuff that I'm going to hammer out. Uh, look, I put together this, uh, this tweet today that is a breakdown of like the, my, it's basically my tracking. And I did this all off the top of my head, by the way, not to brag, eh, maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> said, wait for the ending. The president of the United States used his son to negotiate business deals in industries he knew nothing about, trading exclusively on political favors. He ordered and bragged about on video getting a prosecutor fired. Shokin. The very prosecutor who his son's employer wanted fired. These requests were documented in emails to his son. Emails that the FBI possessed because they also possessed his son's laptop, which the FBI covered up. He used a pseudonym of Robert L. Peters to schedule meetings and calls with his son's business associates. He also declared repeatedly that he knew nothing of his son's business dealings. An FBI whistleblower then swore that his son's employer, Zlachevsky of Burisma, told him that he was extorted for a bribe to get this very prosecutor fired. An IRS whistleblower then swore that the investigations into his son were intentionally botched. A plea deal was then offered to his son that would have granted blanket immunity for all of this. He faces no impeachment. He faces no criminal charges. His predecessor, faces 717 years in prison for questioning the legitimacy of the elections which installed the man who has who was ushered into office with the assistance of the IRS, FBI, and corporate news and social media, who all worked in tandem to hide all of this from the American voters literally days before they were set to vote, during elections that were procedurally changed in completely novel ways. Based on a pandemic, which originated in a Chinese lab while doing gain-of-function research using U.S. taxpayer dollars. And the guy in charge of mitigating the pandemic was the one who greenlit that funding. Despite that research being illegal, all of which he lied to Congress about, he also faces no investigations or criminal charges. <laughs> you aren't crazy. You're being lied to. The people who are dropping RICO charges on Trump are not upholding the law. They are the cleanup, cleanup crew sent to bury Trump, his attorneys, and ultimately any dissident political movement from this point forward. If they prevail in doing so, then anyone that attempts to uncover the truth will face a similar fate. These are the stakes. This is what you're up against. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm just a guy that cares about justice and the American people. Oh, and I hate liars and corruption. Do not stop fighting for what's right. The stakes couldn't be higher. And then, wouldn't you know, a, uh, a clip drops, thanks to my homie, Kenneko the Great, uh, Jake Tapper on CNN. It's... I, it's crazy how they're they're willing to admit the truth but still lie and obfuscate somehow anyways it's, just blows my mind here we go and, and uh, Kristen uh, Glenn Kessler from the Washington Post uh, had a fact check about Joe Biden uh, from earlier this month um, noting that Hunter Biden admitted in court in July that he was in fact paid substantial sums uh, from Chinese companies Kessler wrote Hunter Biden reported nearly 2.4 million in income in 2017 and 2.2 million in income in 2018. Most I'm sorry, the audio has got this weird, like, 
hum to it. I hope it sounds okay for you guys. Most of which came from Chinese or Ukrainian interests. But this, and this directly goes against what Joe Biden said in the debate in 2020 uh, with uh, Donald Trump. Take a listen. <laughs> My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. What you None of that is true. He made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. Literally, Donald Trump <laughs> nailed it. His, his oppo research was spot on. He knew China, he knew Russia, he knew Ukraine. So he knew, and he's looking at notes, by the way. You can see his eyes are down right now. Trump knew. So this, this has been known since September of 2020 by the Trump team. And yet he still managed not to get these people out of power somehow. It's crazy to me. So it's from two different debates, but I mean, Trump was right. I mean, he did make a fortune from China and Joe Biden was wrong. I don't know that he was lying about it. He might not have been told by Hunter, but this blind spot is a problem. <laughs> so this is this is why I wanted to read my whole uh, breakdown prior, because he goes like, yeah, he may not have known about it. Look, man, we've got... <laughs> We've got FBI and IRS whistleblowers that are both attesting to what I've already laid out. I mean, granted, this is more about Ukraine than it is China. But in that clip, Trump says Ukraine, Russia, China. That's where Hunter was was cashing the most checks from. So you just can't you can't call it a blind spot, Jake. I'm sorry. You then have just yesterday's news breaking that Robert Peters is a pseudonym that Joe Biden has been using in uh, in a litany of communications via email primarily where he is communicating and scheduling meetings with hunters business partners but he's not doing it under his personal name he's doing it under a pseudonym because he knows what he's doing is fucking illegal it's a blind spot that's jake's takeaway it's a blind spot that he's caught red fucking handed it's a problem, one, because Republicans aren't going to let it go, that's for sure. But also, these problems are continuing. Number one problem with it is that Republicans won't let it go. Is that the number one problem? Really? The number one problem, that the President of the United States was trading and capitalizing and producing millions and millions of dollars for his family based off of favors, political favors, and nothing more in nations that are we're now on the precipice of world war three with both china and russia and ukraine like the three hot spots in the world the guy you voted for his fucking family made tens of millions of dollars doing business deals for political favors in those nations which increased the temperature increased the conflict between the the, the geopolitical geopolitical relationships between all of these nations the number one problem for her, though, Republicans won't let it go. Well, I'm not a Republican lady, and I'm not letting it go either. Even through the legal system, it's not as though this is something that's been settled in other jurisdictions and Republicans are just harping on it. It is an ongoing thing in our courts. It's not going anywhere. This is a blind spot. Does it concern you as a Democrat? Well, once again, the, qu the question is, this is a blind spot. 
No, it's not a fucking smoking gun of one of the most egregious cases of corruption in modern American history. No, it's a blind spot. What a fucking cover-up operation you are, CNN. I think dads have sometimes and parents sometimes have blind spots about their kids for sure in the present. Did he have a blind spot when he had all of these emails under the pseudonym of Robert Peters? Did he have a blind spot when he sent letters to Devin Archer saying, sorry, I missed you at the event. Well, I'll see you again soon. His business partner, Hunter's business partner. Was that just a blind spot? Oh, we've got a blind spot for our drug addict kids. You know, sometimes our drug addict kids make tens of millions of dollars trading off of our family name and you email your son repeatedly under a pseudonym because it's no big deal. It doesn't mean anything at all. In fact, it's merely a blind spot. The love of a father towards a son. President may be no exception, but nothing has tied the president to any of Hunter Biden's dealings. There's no whiff of him being involved or him being implicated in it. Not a whiff. I, I laid the case out already. F these fucking lying scumbag monsters. There's not a whiff of him being tied to it, right? Even though I just laid out fucking 10 whiffs. Can you smell it, Andy? And uh, it's, you know, I think it's not something the voters care a lot about. All right, my thanks to the panel. Thank Fuck and, you, and dude. Fuck. Fuck all of you. Sorry to get angry. I don't like corruption. My, that tweet I read you is fucking for real, dude. I don't like corruption. And I do care about the American people. And this shit pisses me off. Pisses me off that we have a fucking, just a bullshit limp dick media that literally is professionally lying on behalf of corrupt politicians. The news media, the guys, the journalists, the ones that are allegedly there to hold the powerful to account. And what do they do? We have fucking a litany. We have... 10 times more evidence of the corruption of the Biden family than we have ever had against Trump. Trump faces 700 plus years in prison. Joe Biden doesn't even face fucking impeachment because the fucking GOP is just as much in his back pocket as the Democrat scumbags too. The, the GOP would probably almost more prefer to see Donald Trump in prison for the rest of his life so that they can get back to their corrupt, crony, capitalist, business bullshit. That's the truth. It's a duopoly, and you ain't part of it. And I'm not even a Trump supporter. And I'm not a Vivek supporter. I'm just calling this shit how I see it. This is fucking real shit. <laughs> this is real shit. We have a president of the United States making tens of millions of dollars in countries that we now have hot wars in. Wars that you're sending hundreds of billions of my motherfucking money to. And you and you literally put it in a fucking cargo plane and you fly it over Hawaii as it burns. And you don't drop them more than $700 per family, per household. $700. You hear what I'm saying? $700. You gave me fucking like 1200 bucks as you shut down my multi-million dollar company. 1200 bucks. Thanks. It's insulting. You insult me and you insult everyone in this country. And I'm fucking done with it. I'm done with it. I'm not playing around anymore. 
I'm not going to smile and laugh this off and pretend like, oh, it's all fucking, it's just corruption and it just is eternal and it's just going to happen forever, Clint. So just be blackpilled and give up. No, I'm going to actually do the journalist jobs. I'm going to fucking call them out. I'm going to lay out the evidence. I'm going to have shit that goes viral every fucking day proving how corrupt you pieces of shit are. And that includes CNN, not just the Biden family. I'm going to, I'm going to destroy all of you with honesty and truth and effort and hard work and actual concern for the American people because I still do care because I haven't sold my fucking soul like you pieces of garbage. All right, I got a little bit jacked there. <laughs> I got a little bit, a little bit over the top there. Man, these people are such fucking scumbags though, dude. They're really bad people. Like just genuinely disgusting human beings. They're really, really bad people. And the fact that they have the audacity to have ran all of these fucking clips over the past, or these, uh, you know, these pieces over the past couple years, talking about the unvaccinated, how they're, it's all your fault. No, it's actually your fault. You failed on your job. Your job is to make sure that the politicians that have the fucking monopoly on violence of the state don't get to this spot. You let that happen on your watch. Not only did you let it happen, you encouraged it. You helped them in that process. You destroyed this country by, be by selling out, by becoming a fucking apparatus of the state. You're fucking scumbags. You ruined this country. And then you have the fucking nerve to sit up there and talk down to us. This is why Oliver Anthony goes viral. Because we know it. Even if people don't know it as, as intimately as my audience for the most part, they still instinctually understand their futures have been sold and they got paid nothing for it. They got 700 bucks and a burnt down house on the beach in fucking Maui or whatever. Hawaii. I don't know where it's at. <laughs> Shut down all our businesses and our churches and fucking masked up our kids. And you just destroyed their psychology for a generation. And the origin story, you obfuscated. Your job, news media, your job, CNN, uh, theoretically, is to get to the bottom of that. The most important story in the fuck in my entire life, probably. And you guys don't. You just lie and hide and call anybody that asks a question a conspiracy theorist, even though I'm actually doing the fucking research to figure out the truth. And everything that you said was wrong and everything that I was suspended from Twitter for because I was reporting on it in real time, that's all true now. It's all just a fucking given fact now. But I'm a conspiracy theorist. And I'm a danger. I'm a danger. Not you. Not you that lied to us as these kids' brains and emotional you know, outlook was just demolished. For years, if not decades. Or the people dropping dead of heart attacks or strokes. I mean, the list goes on and on. The, the consequences of your ineptitude, your evilness, is uncalculable. And in this, time, in this lifetime or the next, you'll be held to account. I believe that. And I don't even believe in hell. <laughs> you fucking... So, whew, my goodness. All right. Last one. Uh, Christia Freeland did a, a graduation speech. She is the, uh, I forget what her role is, and she's a Canadian politician. She was also one of these demonic figures that 
supported lockdown. She was responsible in large part for freezing the, uh, the freedom convoy, the truckers, if you remember them in Ottawa, uh, freezing their assets and, you know, just destroying any semblance of liberty in the entire nation of Canada. That's, that's her role. She's also a, you know, WEF shill and, uh, basically Trudeau's, you know, butt buddy, just a real piece of shit. So let's see what she has to say to this grad graduating class. I'm sure it's going to be great. Our time of tranquility is over and we are living in an age of change. We're living through what President Biden on a visit to my country in March called an inflection point, a time yeah, of transformation. Are. He said that comes once every five or six generations. Now, like it or not, you are graduating into that inflection point. And as some of little brief, brief tangent, she said five or six generations, little, little fourth turning language there. If you guys aren't familiar with that concept, go ahead and just Google it. You can read the book. I listened to the audiobook of it a couple years ago. Actually, when I was driving, uh, when I was fleeing California, I listened to that. Um, I forget the author's name, sorry, but it's the fourth turning and just interesting, just interesting that, uh, that she would talk about that because it does seem, does seem to me that the globalists recognize that the financial system is on the precipice of, of a total collapse because it's towards the end of a fourth turning. And that usually leads to wars, which they have certainly uh, not helped us avoid by any stretch of the imagination and perhaps are in fact attempting to bring about. Of the very best educated people on our planet, you have the rare and precious opportunity to shape it. So what is this inflection point? What is this upheaval which is going to the roots of humanity itself? There are many ways to describe this transformational moment, but I think they all come down to one fundamental question. Does capitalist democracy still work? That's the question being posed around kitchen tables in my country and this one, as parents wonder if our children can count on capitalist democracy's essential promise of a future more prosperous than our present. Man, I don't even like the framing of, I don't even like the pairing of capitalist democracy. I've never, I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard it used, um, but the fact that, you know, everyone in her country is having this same conversation, allegedly, by the way, she's the, uh, the finance minister of Canada. Um, that's concerning as hell. If this conversation is actually being had, if everyone's, you know, reconsidering whether or not capitalism works, given that we don't function in anywhere near a capitalist society because of people like her in her profession. I mean, this lady is like dangerously evil. It is the question being posed in the muddy and bloodied trenches of Bakhmut as Ukraine's brave Democrats resist the invading forces of Putin's dictatorship. Wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> we're trying to, we're trying to decide if capitalist democracy is based off of Bakhmut in Ukraine. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to call Ukraine a capitalist democracy, even though, even though the U S overthrew the government there in 2014, I mean, soft coup it. Uh, well, kind of soft. <laughs> and then Zelensky proceeded to, uh, you know, ban opposition parties and, uh, and any foreign 
or any foreign languages aside from Ukrainian? I mean, I don't know if it's any. I know they banned Russian. Um, really? And seized a bunch of property? That's a capitalist democracy? That's the democracy that we're fighting for and defending? Interesting framing. And it is the question being posed by our shrinking glaciers and our warming oceans, which are asking us, wordlessly but emphatically, if democratic societies can rise to the existential challenge of climate change. Dude, this lady writes shit speeches. This is a terrible speech, and she's reading it. What a fucking clown. Now, these are, of course, huge and fundamental challenges. I'm not here to counsel despair or retreat. Yates famously said of another generation that came of age in a liminal moment that the best lacked all conviction while the worst were full of passionate intensity. Boy, what? I got it. I got to hear that. That the best lacked all conviction while the worst were full of passionate intensity. The best lacked all conviction. A conviction while the worst were filled with passionate intensity what a bizarre thing to say to a graduating class i i if anybody is you know in the in the chat go ahead and explain that one to me because i'm mystified by it um i don't even know what it means like all of the best people i know are passionate and driven so Weird. Um, anyways, the, the broader point that I wanted to make about that, it, just the fact that this is like, this is just a microcosm, obviously. It's not, it's not everywhere, it's, but it is kind of symbolic of, of the general message that the, the young people in this country and globally, uh, you know, or not globally, but Western, Westernly, <laughs> Western worldly, um, are largely receiving through academia and, and through colleges specifically. This, this, constant emphasis that every problem that we are facing is a product of capitalism itself even though it's not it's almost always if not always a product of the state and its interference with the free market uh, but then on top of that what what is the solution what is the solution well it's the state it's the state so you reframe all of the problems created by the state as being a product of capitalism and then the solution to these the fallout of these alleged problems of capitalism, well, it's the state. It's a fucking Ouroboro. It's a snake eating its own tail. That's, that's what they're doing. It's so crystal clear. They're propagandists. But they're fucking brainwashing the, the, the youth, the, the people that are going to be entering the work world. This is why I, thank God I'm not a fucking business owner anymore. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even consider, and this is sad, but I would not consider hiring a college graduate for the most part. I mean, unless, you know, probably one out of 10, one out of 20 maybe, that I think would probably be worth bringing on board. Th those that were capable, I mean, I, hopefully I'm wrong. So if you're a college student out there, again, drop in the chat, tell me that I'm wrong. But I, I genuinely think maybe, maybe 10%, and I think that's gracious, of college graduates would be employable for someone like me. And that's tragic. And then, and then we'll lament the fact that our economy will be drifting behind that of China, right? We'll lament that fact 
as we've created the very dynamics by which our capitalist model fails because we've propagandized our children into believing that capitalism is the evil that must be replaced with the state, which everything has been ruined because of the state. It's, it's a really bad cycle. All right, we'll end on something fun. This is a, uh, one of the dumbest things I've ever seen, but <laughs> hold on. I got to pull it up for you. This is a, uh, you know, just a straw man against conservatives and it kind of applies to libertarians. Um, well, anyways, I'll show it to you and we'll talk about it real quick. Conservative, you're likely 100% against vaccine mandates from the government. You say that government has no rights when it comes to what you put in your body. However, let's do a little thought experiment. What if there was a virus going around that had a 50% kill rate, meaning it killed five out of 10 people it came into contact with? And then let's say the US had a vaccine which completely eliminated the risk of dying. Would you, as a conservative, support a vaccine mandate? The answer, if you're being intellectually honest, is probably yes. Here's the truth. Conservatives hold to their values in direct inverse proportion to their level of panic. If their level of panic is low, they're consistent. If their level of panic is high, they're incredibly inconsistent. In fact, I will say this about human beings. This is not a, an unfair assessment of human beings is that when they're panicked, they're not very consistent. I think that's a fair critique of human beings, but the fact that they would frame it as it being specifically against conservatives is just utter nonsense. I mean, look at what the, the, the alleged liberals, the Democrat party have become in the era of consistent psychological operations and panic that has been foisted upon the American people. Well, they've become pro-war. They've become pro-vaccine mandates. Completely couldn't care less about bodily autonomy unless it comes down to the uh, you know, early execution of a baby. That's the only time that bodily autonomy matters. Or perhaps if they wanna do heroin, I guess, which I actually agree with them on that. <laughs> Uh, what else? Speech rights. Well, there's misinformation on the internet, so we can no longer have free speech. Yeah, the, the liberals, the liber it's the conservatives that have a problem with maintaining their principles in times of panic. The Democrats, on the other hand, just principled through and through to the core. You idiot. In fact, they start to lean hard into fascist ideas by saying the state should do this, the state should do that, etc. And by the way, I'm not saying that's necessarily bad. Different problems call for different solutions. All I'm saying is don't pretend to be 100% ideologically consistent all the time because there is always a real world situation, which likely isn't too far-fetched, that would cause you to flip on your values in a heartbeat. So, so dumb. <laughs> it's just such a dumb argument, uh, but I'm going to destroy it for you. So yeah, it's real simple. Well, if there was a pandemic and there was a 50% fatality rate, uh, then the conservatives who said no, no, no to the vaccine mandates, well, they would all cave and they would all call for a mandate. Well, maybe they would, but they'd be stupid because you don't have to. Because if there's an actual vaccine that works and there's a 50% fatality rate that's coming from this hypothetical pandemic, well, I would be the first motherfucker in line for it. Now, wouldn't I? Now, would you need to force it into my body? Would you need to threaten my employment? No. Because I wouldn't want to die, you fucking dum-dum. And in fact, that's the case with all vaccines and all pandemics. Yeah, if it's bad enough, you won't have to fucking use state power to force me to do what you want. Because I'll do it on my own accord. But it has to be a product that is actually safe and effective. Oops. Oops, you didn't do that, did you? You sound like fucking Sam Harris, you masked lunatic.
You don't you don't sound as if you have any grasp on reality whatsoever. Oh, look at how un, un you know unprincipled these conservatives are. They claim that they don't want a vaccine mandate. Well, if it was the fucking black plague, I bet they would. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't the black plague. And if it were, you wouldn't need a mandate. You're idiots. You're all idiots. That that fucking stupid video has over a fucking million views on YouTube. A million views. Got countless likes. Countless likes. Just fucking dumb high school public educated kids hitting the like button. Well, these stupid conservatives, these stupid fucking non-liberals, they would they would cave in a heartbeat if this if this fucking this disease, if this uh, airborne pathogen had been as deadly as we were lied to about it, then they wouldn't have been so uh, against the vaccine. Why are we still having this fucking debate, dude? We're three years deep. The vaccine's been out for a fucking year plus. We all know what the deal is. This is stupid. Why is shit like this going viral and being liked by all these young idiots? Why have you not, at this point, how have you not learned your lesson? You, you, you're probably fucking had COVID 14 times by now. How many boosters do you have to get before you go, yeah, that was, yeah, maybe the fucking libertarians and the conservatives, they had a point there. Maybe we shouldn't allow the state and big business capitalism, as you call it, to work in tandem to force a product on us. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. So who's the one lacking in principle? Oh, we should have a fucking vaccine mandate that, that benefits the rich and powerful, greedy capitalists. We should have a fucking mandate, a state directive, a fucking forceful state directive to make sure that they have to steal my tax money and then give it to these private businesses to force a product into my body. And it's the conservatives that lack principles. You idiot. You moron. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I apologize after all my rants, but that is so dumb. So, so fucking dumb. And it goes viral because everyone's so dumb because they don't fucking, they can't think at all. What happened to people's brains, man? This is so transparently easy to dissect and demolish. You should be able to just fucking crush any of these arguments. But you know why they can't? Because of the censorship apparatus. They don't have, they've never heard them for the most part. And if they have, they just go, conspiracy theorist lunatic over here. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, we're the idiots. We're the ones that don't know anything. <sighs> Jesus. Um, pushing like, I don't know, got it. getting close to the, to the cap on the people I'm going to follow back on X. So if you guys want me to follow you, just a $5 a month subscription over on X.com, aka Twitter. Um, it just, it, it helps, helps keep the show going. And uh, as you guys can tell, I don't do many ad reads. Uh, I will remind you once again, if you want to be able to contribute Bitcoin towards the show, go to Fountain App. It's an awesome, awesome app to be able to listen. And um, actually, I think you get paid Bitcoin too for listening over there. So it's pretty cool. Um, and if you want to support my work, if you're not a Twitter user or Fountain App user, uh, libertylockdown.locals.com, please, 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 please. I am not very favored by the algorithms. And I think after this episode, you can probably suss out why. I say a bunch of shit you are definitely not supposed to. So it would be greatly to, uh, you know, the benefit of this message. If you were to share it with your friends, family, post it on social media, clip it. I've, I so, so rarely do people clip any of my rants and put them out. I'm like, yo, I'm a boomer. Help a brother out. I know I got some younger audience out there. 
Clip this shit. Throw it up on fucking YouTube Shorts. Throw it up on TikTok. I don't give a shit. Maybe it is on TikTok. I'm not. I'm not even on TikTok. So maybe there is some some of my rants that are going going around on TikTok, and I don't know about it. But uh, just want to encourage you guys to do that. All I ask is that you fucking you know link to my show in the description or whatever, so that people know where they can find me. Um, but yeah, that's it. I love love you guys. <laughs> If you haven't figured it out by now, I've been doing this for almost, or no, I've been doing it for three years now. And this is just my therapy session. This is just where I literally get in front of a microphone and I just vent about how stupid everything is. And, uh, and it makes me feel better. And I, and I know it makes many of you feel better because I know most of you are like me and you're watching and reading this stuff. And you're just like, this is all so stupid. Why does no one else see what I see? And then you find me and you're like, oh, I'm not alone. Well, I feel the same way about you guys when I see that 15,000 people are listening to my show every week. And that's not even like 30 days out, which means most of them will probably hit 20,000. I mean, that's such a fucking crazy amount of people. I, sometimes I, I still will think about that. I'll be like, I've gone to sporting. I've gone to Lakers games where there's been less people in the audience than listen to every single one of my shows. And I fuck, I still can't, I can't wrap my head around it. It doesn't make sense to me, but it's what's happening. And that's really, really neat. Um, but anyways, yeah, it makes me feel a lot better to know that there's that many people in this in the world, in this country, that uh, that also see the world the way I do. So thank you guys for making me feel less crazy and vice versa. I hope I'm, I'm helping you uh, not lose your mind. Uh, that's it. Love you guys. See you soon. Peace. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?